and on the days where our estrogen lowers we're going to see you know less insulin sensitivity and that is quite helpful for women to to understand and, and appreciate you're listening to the high performance health podcast helping you optimize your health performance and longevity my name is angela foster and i'm a former corporate lawyer and high performance health coach each week i bring you cutting edge biohacks inspiring insights and high performance habits to unlock optimal health performance and longevity so excited that you've chosen to join me today now let's dive in Hi friends, if you've ever wondered about when to eat carbs, how many carbs you should be eating, whether you're kind of burning fat as a fuel and how long you should be optimizing your fasting period for and all these kind of things that we can get going on around our head and we're not really sure what to do, then you're in for a treat today because you're going to be learning all about metabolism and specifically how to really optimize your metabolic health because a well-functioning metabolism is important not just to our body composition but also to our long-term health and you can actually optimize this through one simple breath measurement to really take back control and you're going to be hearing all about this today. I'm really excited to welcome to the podcast Mia Johanna Deeg who's a public health specialist, she's a metabolic coach and women's health expert to talk to us all about metabolism and she's also part of Lumen which is the device that I use to track my metabolic health and by a very simple breath test, I can actually see, am I burning fats primarily as a fuel? Am I burning carbs? Or am I burning a bit of both? And it really helps me to optimize kind of the time of eating during the evening. It helps me to optimize my fast because I can actually see when I'm fasting, if I start to shift out of fat burning mode into kind of burning glucose as a fuel. And so I know then that that's kind of stressing my body and it's time to stop that fast. I can also see whether I've got enough glycogen effectively to really fuel um, things like a high intensity workout. So it's been invaluable for me. And Lumen are actually offering listeners of this podcast a $90 discount with code Angela and the Lumen device is so easy to use if you or someone you know really wants to take charge of their health in 2024 then it's a brilliant device to help you do that because not only does it measure the fuels you're burning but it also gives you customized um, meal plans and things like that that can really help you and just take the guesswork out and overthinking it and everything so I will put a link in the top link in the show notes for you it's code Angela 90 to get $90 off. And for now, let me introduce you to Mia. Firstly, Mia, it's amazing to have you here. I know it's been a bit of a long time in the making, uh, us kind of getting our calendars together, but a warm welcome to the show. It's great to have you here today. Thank you for having me. I've been super excited about this. Yeah, we've uh, we've, uh, wanted to do this for a long time. So uh, today's the day. Today is indeed the day. I'm also excited. So Mia, you are a specialist in all things nutrition, metabolic flexibility. Do you want to give us a quick intro about you before we dive into what metabolic flexibility is? Yeah, sure. Um, So I started in the public health, you know, uh, field, having studied zoology um, and then into international health. And I specialized in diabetes and women's health. Um, so my passion is women's health for sure, um, and talking everything about hormones and and also nutrition, you know, and how really preventative medicine I like to call it, you know, that is for me um, something that's you know I'm lucky to work in that now. Um, now working in biohacking um, for Lumen, which is we'll talk more about that. But basically, we're so lucky we've got all this technology now out there that we can use to improve our health with. And so I'm really excited that I'm on this new path where I'm sort of combining the the love for women's health and nutrition and lifestyle, and then this technology, these gadgets that have come in. Um, So I'm excited to talk all about that. Same here, you know, I think it's just transformational, right? So with my background with PCOS, which for anyone listening who may have PCOS um, or have experience with it, most people know someone who has it, that, for example, we think of it as a hormonal uh, condition, right? But at its core, it's a metabolic condition and that continues beyond menopause and things like lumen, continuous glucose monitors, all this and all the kind of health advice we've got out there has been transformational for me in managing my blood glucose and also in enhancing my own metabolic flexibility. So I'm excited. I'm excited to share the kind of results I've been getting as well with Lumen with clients. Um, Let's kick off with 
what metabolic flexibility is, because it's such an important thing for health. When we talk about, I think Dr. Peter Atia talks about the four horsemen, right? One of these is going to get us, unfortunately, in the end, whether that's cardiovascular disease or cognitive decline, neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, um, cancer potentially, or metabolic disease. And what he speaks of is the fact that metabolic health also feeds into those other three. So it's so, so important. Could you explain briefly, what is metabolic flexibility? Yeah, it's such a good question. Um, because we hear about it all the time. This, I mean, it's quite trendy to be talking about metabolic flexibility out there, but a lot of people don't understand what it is. And um, first of all, metabolic health, first of all, is pretty much, I see it as a foundation that's, that lies behind all those health goals, like whether it be weight loss, um, optimizing your fitness, just building muscle, aging well and healthy. Metabolic health, your metabolic health is where you need to start. And metabolic flexibility is basically someone, if you have metabolic flexibility, you're someone who has, you know, a good, um, you know, metabolic health status. And that is the metabolic flexibility is that individual being able to switch between using fats when needed and but also tapping into carbohydrates when they become available so switching between the two fuel sources efficiently and you know the statistics out there are pretty scary but you know for example in the US we know over 80% of Americans are metabolically not flexible right and and the diseases associated with that you know you just mentioned some of them is you know diabetes it's obesity it's the degenerative diseases out there so metabolic flexibility being able to switch between fats and, and carbs for fuel is super important really really important um and i think the thing is sometimes right what we have is people who are highly stressed or who are like living on a kind of carb roller coaster all day, right? They're burning glucose primarily as a fuel. But I think also then we have a bunch of people who maybe have been following things like the ketogenic diet for a period of time. And that in and of itself is reducing insulin sensitivity, right? So actually what we want to do, and, and I'm saying this particularly for women and menstruating women is to embrace, and if we're working out as well a lot, that we do want to have some whole food sources of carbohydrates in our diet. And I found that Lumen is very helpful in kind of guiding you to improve that sensitivity um, and really look after yourself and fuel your body in the right way. Um, for those listening, some people will be utilizing Lumen, others are kind of new to this and maybe thinking about it. Mm -hmm. um, do you wanna explain how it works? Because it's a very simple, I have mine here, right? So very simple. Got right <laughs> it looks a little bit like a vape doesn't it although yeah it does uh, yeah um so you you breathe in and out right um breathe in slowly and it guides you through a bubble what's happening there as you breathe out so people understand how this works yeah so um when i take my measurement on the underground or whatever public transport i'm on i'm always like you're not allowed to vape here and i'm like no no i'm actually measuring my metabolism and then i dive into uh, sort of uh, educating the whole train on on what that is so the the lumen device it's every time i talk about it i'm just like blown away by the technology i'm still just gobsmacked that these two you know sisters michael Merav years ago thought of capturing this technology that we've been used since the 60s, um, metabolic carts in hospitals and clinics, right? You know, we've seen these images of people strapped up um, on a treadmill, on a bike, and they're measuring their CO2 range, right? Um, the carbon dioxide concentration, their breath. And that's basically what your lumen's doing. So you, when you take a breath measurement, just one, you are, you know, breathing in, holding your breath, and then breathing out for, and it takes just a few seconds it's measuring your CO2 level in your breath. And then you get a reading and you will get a percentage of fat uh, burn that you're in and a percentage of carb burn that you're in and, and lumen levels one to five. So for example, I was in a lumen level five this morning. So I did not wake up in fat burn. I was 95% burning carbs. And that's just after one breath measurement. And why that's important is that, you know, it's going to help you understand how much of the carbohydrate, fat, and protein do you need to consume today? Because basically, you know, you're, you know, every day you need to eat it slightly differently. And it's like, it's showing you 
basically, you know, do I need carbs this morning? I didn't. I definitely didn't. I was still had a, a good amount of glycogen in my body that I was still trying to deplete. And that's because I had a very late night dinner. But had I thought, mm, maybe I'll have a, a big bowl of porridge this morning. My body didn't need that porridge. It probably needed eggs, something with high fat, high protein. So that is what the, the device does is giving you that reading to show you what are you burning for fuel in real time. And then um, the nutrition plan guides you in making, you know, really healthy food combinations that can sort of inspire you to, you know, decide what to eat and it gives you personalized macro recommendations. So today, you know, I can see the amount of uh, grams of carbs, fats and protein that I need today um, based on my metabolic reading this morning. So it's absolutely insane that the technology from a metabolic cart in a hospital and it's it's a big machinery and it's time consuming is in this little device today and you you achieve the same result after one breath measurement and i hold it like oh you know it's so easy that this technology was like um you know created in this device but it was years of trial and error i mean they worked so hard to achieve this and it's beautiful and yeah it's nice to educate people on the on the train when they think i'm vaping so <laughs> <laughs> it's such a good way of bringing attention to it right in a positive way yeah I kind of feel like setting up a dare for you now maybe challenging you to use it on a flight <laughs> and see what happens yeah exactly um before we dive into those um kind of numbers and ranges I mean what you said that was super interesting because I'm already thinking you know this is amazing for Christmas when we're kind of indulging a little bit and thinking about how long we might fast for the next day and really looking after our metabolisms and not falling into that you know it happens on holiday it happens on Christmas where you fall into that trap of kind of overeating and then now you've got a whole problem to solve later but I want to circle back on that I one thing I do want to highlight is when we're taking that measurement mm -hmm. how still do we need to be so I've had the in-lab assessments done that you're speaking of right so I've had my vo2 max and looked at when I'm swapping over with fuels when I'm training and then I've also done a completely like lying down still test which to be honest for someone as fidgety as me was the hardest thing in the world when they said to me lie there for 20 minutes and don't move because I found myself halfway through going am I done yet it was so boring um and what was really interesting was when you look at those stats actually the way I moved between burning fat predominantly and moved into carbs just by that was um but kind of very evident so one question I have because I get asked this a lot from people that are using it um do we need to kind of get into a calm state and be very still at the time that we're taking that measurement yeah, good question. I get that question a lot as well. Um, yeah, so, we, you know, an elevated heart rate will skew the results. Um, so we do, you know, recommend, you know, sitting for a couple of minutes if you have been out and about and, you know, on your feet, then just sit, you know, wait for, for the heart rate to, to return to rested rate and then take your measurement um, seated as well, not lying down um, and preferably not standing. So it will skew the results um, if you are sort of having a, a sort of you rushed up the stairs, for example, and then quickly sat down and took your measurement. It may skew the results. So, yeah, but it's, it's nice because some of the feedback we get from customers is, you know, it sort of makes them stop and have a breather in the day mm. for some of them. They're always out and about and, you know, busy, busy, busy. And then they actually enjoy just having to sit down, um, take that breather and then take the measurement. And uh, and also the breathing itself, it's it's strange, but a lot of the, uh, the customers have been like, it's kind of like a bit of mindfulness to concentrate on taking a breath measurement. There's something uh, relaxing about that as well. Mm, very much so. I like to do a morning HRV reading, which means I settle myself and I look forward to that two and a half minutes, right? And mm -hmm. then do a lumen uh, test. And it is, it's something that actually it becomes kind of like a habit loop in your brain that you look forward to. So uh, yeah, for those of you listening, this is a good way of getting a few minutes of mindfulness in um, as well. Yeah. So the other question I have around the morning is what about people who wake up, they have high anticipatory stress for the day, right? Mm. I see this on CGMs as well. So their blood glucose starts to rise. Um, how do we sort of account for that? Would you say to those individuals, maybe just do something like take a few minutes to do some gentle breath work or maybe a meditation before taking the reading? Have you seen any effects in relation to that? It's an amazing um, question, actually, because stress is unfortunately a big aspect of a lot of people's lives now. It's really... Um, you know, 
a lot of us don't realize that we're actually in a sort of chronic state of stress uh, without, you know, we're, we're busy, you know, I'm a, you know, working mom, so I'm busy in, in the morning with the kids, rushing them out of the door, and then coming to work and then going to the gym. And, and then, the, you know, some days you think, gosh, yeah, I didn't actually relax today at all. I'm constantly stressed. And it will have a, an impact on your metabolism. And, and that's the beauty of the Lumen device, because it, this is a device that can show you the impact of lifestyle factors such as stress, such as uh, movement, you know, or lack of movement, sleep, for example, and obviously your nutrition. So we've got a lot of, um, they call themselves lumineers. I like to call them lumineers as well. Instead of lumen users, um, I like the term they've coined, uh, lumineers who've been on their lumen journey for one to two years. And what they've noticed is that, you know, initially when they started on their lumen journey, they thought, okay, we bought this Lumen device to help us, you know, understand, you know, how to time our carbohydrate intake, how to um, fuel for our workouts, how long should we be fasting for? So very much around nutrition. But then as time went, the, the measurements started to show them their measurements. You know, what does five hours sleep look like with their measurements mm -hmm. compared to seven hours sleep? Uh, what does a stressful day look in their measurements, metabolic measurements, compared to a day where they had a vacation and they, or they did mindfulness that day, or they went to do meditation. And very clearly we can see, and we've got over 45 million metabolic measurements on our database. And there's a clear um, association between high stress and um, reduced fat burn potential in, in individuals. So in other words, you are less likely to reach fat burn if you are in chronic stress or even acute stress. So stress definitely has a huge impact. And for those individuals that are on their Lumen journey and, you know, see that association, it helps them make these small changes like, wow, okay, I'm never in fat burn because I'm just always stressed. But the data, it helps people make that change. You know, human beings, we're, we're programmed pretty much the same, we're much more likely to change our habits when we see the data in front of us, mm -hmm. when we can see the numbers, we're much more likely to change, you know, to say that stress is unhealthy. Well, okay. But if I can see, geez, you know, I'm, I, I'm not utilizing my fat metabolism. I'm constantly in carb, you know, carbon, um, and I'm not exercising enough. This is going to have a huge impact on my health. I can see that now. So, yes, meditation, we've seen on our Facebook community group, people saying when they meditate, they've seen fat burn the next day in the morning. Or if they add in that mindfulness, just 10 minutes while they're at work. Um, so definitely, definitely worth noting that, that, yes, yeah, stress will impact your health journey, regardless of your goal, and certainly your metabolic health. And you've got a device that can show you that impact. Would you like to uncover the secrets of your metabolism and hit your weight goals in a really easy, scientifically driven manner? For over a year now, I've been using a smart little device called Lumen. And through a simple breath test, Lumen helps me optimize my fasting period. It tells me the best time to eat carbs, how to fuel my workouts, it tracks how stress and sleep affect my metabolism, and gives me daily personalized meal plans. Lumen is the first device to hack your metabolism and reveal your lifestyle and diet's true impact on your health and ability to lose weight and it can help you to enhance fat burn lose weight and boost your energy naturally and lumen is giving listeners of this podcast 90 dollars off all you need to do is head over to angelafoster.me forward slash lumen and enter code angela90 at checkout to save 90 dollars you can finally take charge of your metabolism in 2024 with this exclusive discount. Simply head over to angelafoster.me forward slash lumen. That's A-N-G-E-L-A-F-O-S-T-E-R dot M-E forward slash L-U-M-E-N and enter code Angela90 at checkout. Now let's get back to the show. That's amazing because actually what you're describing there is it's a kind of 
lifestyle tool as much as anything else. And I think, mm-hmm. as you say, we underestimate stress. We do respond to data and when we see it and we can create, and I, I would say to people, be patient, right? Because I think sometimes people begin with a device like this and they're like, oh, I'm always in carb mode. It's really frustrating. Why am I never getting out of it? And Lumen's downgrading my scores and we, we can talk about that in a moment. And then they sort of give up. Don't give up and persevere because uh, please persevere because I've seen such incredible results with people that do. And I think as you were saying there, it can help us to manage that daily stress, which we underestimate in actually a very affordable way. Because when you compare it to something like a continuous glucose monitor, that is a much bigger investment in terms of like to really get that data over the course um, of a year. One thing I'd like to touch on here when we're looking at this, and I think um, is a question people may have in their mind, is when you're taking that reading and you're getting sort of a, a higher level, for example, four or five, what that's showing is not necessarily an elevation in blood glucose, but that your cells at that point in time are utilizing carbohydrates as their primary fuel. Yeah. I think, could you explain for people the differences? Because it's it's, t- it's taking a different measure, isn't it? Um, and in terms of what you're looking at there it's looking at what the cells themselves are burning yeah so with your with your co2 range the, the lower co2 range is going to indicate indicate fat metabolism and your higher co2 range is going to indicate carbohydrate metabolism so basically when you're consuming carbohydrates your body is producing more carbon dioxide um, and it's released into the bloodstream. So that is how we differentiate between the two. Now, both, you know, it depends on obviously timing, it depends on context, um, whether we want to be in fat burn or carb burn, both are needed, right? I mean, we, the, both fuel sources are important. Um, glucose, for example, the brain needs. Um, and and so the, so I would, I would say that this device, I would, Possibly not use this device if you are on a very strict keto diet, for example, where you are, you know, on a very low carb um, intake, because basically ketosis is going to skew the results. So, I mean, I can go into more detail about it, but basically that is what your Lumen device is, uh, you know, being, is able to measure if you are consuming carbs and fats, right? Mm-hmm. So if uh, just just to touch on that, then for some if, if someone is listening to this and at the moment they are on a very strict ketogenic diet, um, how would that be skewing their results? If you're in, in ketosis, then you will see higher lumen levels. OK, because that's going to impact your CO2 levels if you're in ketosis. So the higher lumen levels actually indicate metabo- um, indicate carb metabolism. Right. So it kind of but you're not in carb burn, you're actually in ketosis. So that's why I would say, you know, if you are, you know, on a strict keto diet, then those higher levels you may see when you're in ketosis, which is actually extreme fat burn. So um, that's, but most people have, you know, at least 40 grams of carbs. That's kind of 40, 45 grams of carbs a day. I would say it's fine if you're above that. Oh, okay. Okay. So uh, kind of the ketogenic diet kind of kicks in right at around 50 grams of carbs a day. So if you're doing that, it's only when you're on very, very strict ketosis. Interesting. So if we then, so so now that we have that knowledge available to us, so if we're looking at optimizing fasts, so we're looking at extending. So yours was a great example this morning, right? So a late meal out, you've woken Mm. up, you're burning carbs. Um, It may be then if you're not doing early morning exercise, for example, that you're thinking I'm going to extend that fast now until I shift into fat burn. Um, when people are doing that, they may see their levels go down, right? If they're taking a breath test, they move then into a two and then a one. And then they may see their levels start to rise again. Uh, and this can be helpful, right, for understanding when the body is going into a more potentially catabolic state, when its um, cortisol levels are rising. Uh, can you explain how we can optimize fasting using the device? Oh, I love talking about lumen and fasting. It's like my my favorite topic. Um, It's really been a game changer for so many of our uh, lumineers, especially women, uh, because women and men need to fast differently. And also, you know, there are some weeks in in our monthly cycle, for example, where, you know, we shouldn't be fasting for too long, maybe not fasting at all. So we really got to work with our hormones. Um, and fasting can be super beneficial, but it can also, as you mentioned, it can turn uh, um, 
and be detrimental and cause actually physiological stress. So we don't want that. And Lumen is incredible tool because I'll give you an example. I was speaking to a Lumen user. She's been on her journey for nine months. I spoke to her yesterday and you know, she's, her health goals have changed over those nine months. And it goes back to your point you mentioned earlier that, you know, change takes time, you know, to produce that change. It takes time to, to reach your health goals. It doesn't, it's not overnight, you know, you buy this device and okay, in one week I'm going to be healthy. No, no, it, it takes consistency. Um, and so she's been on, on her journey for nine months, started with just, you know, understanding how to time her meals. That was the first goal. Just when is it best for her to eat um, her dinner, for example? And then she realized, okay, it, it's actually an hour earlier than she should. She was eating before. So she's timed her dinner. Okay, tick to that box. That was her her first goal. Um, she's at the point now where she's lost the, uh, the weight that she needed to lose. And now she wants to dive into intermittent fasting, you know, to incorporate that maybe as a strategy towards, you know, healthy weight management. And and so she, and this is how she's done it, and this is how I recommend anyone uh, do it as well, if you've got a Lumen device, is, you know, taking your morning measurement. So I use myself as, a, as an example, taking my morning measurement, seeing, okay, I'm in carb burn today. The goal is, I mean, ideally we want to wake up, take our morning measurement and see fat burn, because that's going to show that our body has efficiently depleted glycogen during an overnight fast and tapped into our fat stores. That's ideal. Now, there are lifestyle factors like stress that we mentioned, like you know, lack of sleep, late night dinner, that will impact that you know, reading in the morning, whether you're in fat burn or not. So I wasn't in, in fat burn. So this is a great opportunity to go, okay, well, how am I feeling today? I'm not hungry because again, I only ate seven, eight hours ago. I'm feeling energized, so let's continue this fast. So I woke up at 7 a.m., took my measurement, and then I'm using my Lumen to track my, my fast into the morning. So I will take a second reading at 8 a.m., and I can label it, you know, nine-hour fast. And then again at 9 a.m., 10-hour fast. And I'm tracking my fast every hour. You don't have to do it every hour, but it's particularly in your early stages in your Lumen journey, when you're still trying to learn about your body, I would recommend tracking, you know, every hour. And then you see your levels change, right? And ideally, as you mentioned, we want to reach fat burn or maintain it, which is a level one or two, Lumen level one or two. Um, and again, we've got the percentage there as well now, the enhanced results, which is uh, this year's new feature. So we can see, you know, gradually, you know, the carb burn going down, the fat burn going up and the percentage where you mentioned as well, you know, where we don't really want to, you know, what we don't want to see during a fast is all of a sudden, let's say I've been fasting, and this actually does happen to me, be fasting 15 hours. And you know what, I'm, I'm going to, I haven't got time to eat now. So I'm going to fast another hour, I'm going to reach 16 hours. And on the 16th hour, and this honestly happens 90% of the time for me, I will reach a level four. So I'll go from a one, which is fat burn, into a level four, which is carb burn. And and it's basically 16 hours for me is one hour too long. So I, me personally, I can only fast 15 hours. Now, my mother has tested this out with her lumen. She can, she can be in fat burn for 18 hours. Now, again, she's, you know, different body, different metabolism, different age. She's postmenopausal. Postmenopausal, I was going to say, makes a difference, right? It's huge difference. I, you know, it depends on the week and my uh, monthly cycle. Like there are days where I cannot fast. Even I will be in carbon after 12 hours of fasting. And I know that's my body saying, no, no, this is not the week you need to fast. So this is a great tool to optimize your hormonal health, but still be able to incorporate the, the intermittent fasting, gain the benefits from that, but not put yourself at that risk of, going into physi physiological stress, because we don't want that. You know, when I broke my fast at 16 hours and I was already in stress um, mode, when I do break that my fast and consume food again, it's really going to have an impact on how I'm, you know, using that fuel. So um, so that is, it's honestly been a game changer for a lot of people, especially women. Yeah, definitely. Very much so. I mean, when you're saying that uh, it's going to be a game changer in terms of, sorry, not game changer, it's going to be, 
affect how you burn the fuel from that subsequent meal. So what have you noticed there? So it seems like it's optimal for you to fast at this point for 15 hours. If you trip into 16, you're then moving into carb burning mode, right? Um, Before Actually, before we get onto the meal, I think it's worth explaining for people what's happening there in that hour, because what we're seeing then is stress on the body, right? And you're going into a more pro-catabolic state. Can you just describe for people how your body is now shifting into carb mode without eating? So when when this physiological stress and, you know, like it, it could be emotional stress, physiological stress, whatever stress it is, it's going to raise your stress hormone, right? We know that cortisol is going to increase. Now, when cortisol increases in your body, it's going to consistently relay carbs for fuel and prevent you from tapping into your fat stores. So that's why we see, you know, a lot of individuals who follow the nutrition plan. And we've seen this with our own, you know, uh, lumineers. They follow the nutrition plan. They've added in the exercise that they need to. They've got the steps in. They're hitting the 10,000 steps every day. They're doing the the fasting. Maybe they've worked out their window of fasting. But they are in chronic stress. Now, like I said, it could be chronic stress or it could be acute stress. In that moment when you fasted too long, you've raised that cortisol level. And that's going to impact your carb metabolism. It's going to impact your your fat metabolism. It's going to prevent you from, you know, tapping into your fat metabolism. So that's where I think when I say, you know, try and break your fast before you hit that point because we don't really want to elevate that cortisol. And in the modern age, you know, and the lifestyle that most of us have at the moment where we we have stress in our life with our careers and our kids – we, we want to kind of prevent any extra stress we're putting on mm. ourselves. And if we can use a device and minimize that stress from fasting or, you know, eating, um, you know, also too much sugar, too much carbs, you know, that's also causing uh, inflammation on the body. If we can sort of control all these factors, the macros and the, the food timing, the fasting, then we should, right? We need to try and do that. Um, so, Hopefully that answers your question. (laughs) I could go on. (laughs) Yeah, and we're breaking down, right? We're going through kind of gluconeogenesis there. So we're actually breaking down things. This is counterproductive to someone's fitness goals in terms of like improving lean body composition and muscle mass right at this point. Um, And I think that that's really important for people to realize. Um, We could then utilize that. Actually, let's come back to your meal first, because that's quite important. You were saying that what you then observed was the way you utilize the fuel from the next meal is different. Do you find that then your body kind of overreacts and shifts, like wants more carbs or uses carbs more? What are you noticing when you move from that 15 hour to 16 hour point when you break the fast and have a meal? First of all, um, I noticed that, and I think I've heard this from a lot of our uh, customers who've given me the same feedback, if they fast too long, they risk overeating afterwards. Mm-hmm. So I, I personally, I'm just, you know, I head to the cupboard and I, and I eat probably too much because you get to that point where you are stressed. I mean, I'm someone who, if I'm stressed, I overeat. I mean, I'm just, I'm comfort eating. So you risk behavioral, like if you look at the behavior of, of humans, when we're in the survival mode and we're starving, um, whether we, we realize or not, you know, my body was stressed, maybe I felt fine, but I reached out for high carb food uh, and, you know, snack throughout the day after that fast. So I do see that I snack more and I overconsume on carbs. Um, so, but also, you know, it's going to impact again, like I said, you know, fat storage and, and carb utilization. So, you know, we're still, the hunter-gatherer, you know, the body, you know, our lifestyles change and we're living in a modern world, but the the, the Neanderthal, the hunter-gatherer, the body, it, it, it hasn't changed much, right? So when we are in a starvation mode, you know, our body is much more likely to try and hold on to fat stores because it's just a survival instinct. Unfortunately, it's not working well for us now because we have food available 24-7. So really, I think the finding your ideal window of fasting using the device, I think can help you in many, many ways, like I mentioned now, but definitely overeating is something that's very common after a fast that's too long. Mm. And I've noticed, you know, you're talking about hormones there. What I've noticed myself 
uh, with clients and also with uh, colleagues of mine who are doctors and observing it with their patients and things is that when women push that fast a little bit too long, particularly because our bodies are so sensitive to stress, but particularly in like the later stages of perimenopause is what it does is it then impacts progesterone production. And so we see a kind of shortening of the menstrual cycle ahead of when we want it to be, right? And we know that we want to kind of push menopause out, uh, that transition, for when it should be happening biologically for us, as opposed to kind of bringing it forward and having that disruption. And progesterone insufficiency causes its own problems in terms of stress levels and glucose sensitivity and all these things. And actually, when you then have sufficient carbohydrates and you break the fast at the right time or you refuel appropriately post-exercise, I've seen that cycle lengthen out again quite nicely back up to sort of 28 days. I don't know if that's something you've observed with kind of users and things, but it's really interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's, and it makes sense what you just said, because cortisol, the hormone and, you know, progesterone, for example, and estrogen, the, the building block is pregnenolone, right? So the, the building blocks for these three hormones is the same. So, you know, when cortisol is elevated, it almost steals away this building block that progesterone needs to create itself. So it it makes complete sense um, that, you know, any stress that our body is, and you know, some stress is good. I mean, you know, I said, we talk about it like it's a bad thing, but you know, some stress is healthy. Um, but moments in our time, in our life, you know, depending and also in our monthly cycle, you know, with the fasting, if we're putting our bodies into this preventable stress, um, it can have a knock-on effect on our hormones, where you know, cortisol is basically stealing away these building blocks that we need for our progesterone. And as we're aging, we know we the progesterone is declining, the the estrogen is on its roller coaster ride it's you know it's also declining um not as smoothly as progesterone but we need to do everything we can to to sort of preserve those hormones i mean naturally they're going to decline there's nothing we can do about that but we can certainly make sure that you know we're not adding this these lifestyle choices that are going to de you know be detrimental to our hormones and the level of those Perfect. Thank you. Um, when we're looking at those levels, we're looking at one to five, right? Four to five, we're burning predominantly cat, uh, fat, sorry, carbs. One to two, kind of um, predominantly, we're in, more in a fat burn transition. Yeah. Um, what's happening there when we look at it in terms of what we're utilizing as a fuel in terms of like breaking down, say, muscle glycogen and stored carbohydrates and then liver glycogen? Can you kind of explain just a little bit more around those levels? Because I've had some questions from people who couldn't make it asking around the individual levels. Yeah, and it's a good, it's a good question because, um, well, it's actually a very individual answer because it depends on, you know, your food intake before it depends on um, the, the intensity of your exercise that you're doing at the time, if at all. Um, so it can, you know, I would, I will add that the, the fat burn, for example, or level one or two, it is, you know, you, you know, basically tapping into your fat stores in your body, right? But it can also be if you are consuming a very high fat meal or snack, which can, you know, I often have carbs mixed in my meal or snack, but some people have, you know, for example, an avocado. Um, I've heard that some people see a level two after, after they've eaten a whole avocado. So it doesn't differentiate between dietary fat and body fat. Um, but it's most, you know, it's unlikely that someone has just pure fat to, you know, to eat. So um, I will add that with, but it really, it, it depends on, the person on what they're doing at the time, you know, whether it's, in, you know, uh, we've, we've seen, you know, endurance uh, athletes, Ironman com uh, competitors um, see the, you know, when they're tapping into their carb stores, it could be, you know, the glycogen and muscle, but it really, it, it depends on your nutrition and movement. But, uh, you know, we've got nutritionists um, here in our support team. Um, so any questions that individuals have, if they can describe their lifestyle and, and ask the nutritionist, they'll give you an answer, uh, like a personalized uh, answer to that. Awesome. That's helpful. Yeah, the, the support within the app is actually really, really oh, it's amazing. incredible. Yeah, yeah really you don't good even have support. to have the Lumen uh, device. You can actually go on the website and you'll, you can uh, reach support there without uh, having a Lumen device. Amazing. 
Amazing. Um, so when we're looking at someone who's optimizing around their exercise and they're going to take a morning reading, we've had Dr. Stacey Sims on the show a number of times. And uh, she's she's kind of always telling me that I should be fueling up a little bit in preparation for exercise. And I just, I find it honestly too early in the morning because I go so <laughs> early and that's when I get, it's the only time I'm going to get my exercise done. So for people listening that are waking, they're, they're thinking, well, I'm going to take my reading in the morning and then uh, think about how I might fuel appropriately for exercise. Um, presumably the type of exercise is having an impact here as well, whether you're going to go in and strength train, whether you're going to go and do something high intensity, or yeah. if you're going to do something kind of you know, zone two endurance sort of based or steady state aerobic. Um, how might people use that reading to think about how they pre, pre fuel their workout? Well, this is, yeah, this is how I use the device daily. Um, so I come from also personal training background. And as a coach, um, I've seen with my own clients and also, again, a lot of feedback from our millions of, uh, you know, the measurements, the before exercise measurements that we see every day on our database. Um, you know, shows how people have really optimized their training um, around how, you know, how to fuel for the training, first of all. Like a lot of individuals, I think, don't fuel enough. I think uh, what Stacey mentioned to you that, you know, yeah, maybe you need to fuel up a bit more. Um, but again, it's a it's also a personalized decision there. Like you don't feel uh, like you, you want to eat something before your workout, then that's fine. I mean, if it makes you feel like you're going to throw up in the workout, then don't. Um, but I, it's, it's a good tool to guide you to understand, okay, you know, if I'm doing, let's say, a HIIT training, high-intensity interval training, right? Now, the medium to high-intensity level exercise out there, that's going to require you to use your glycogen right? It needs glycogen to fuel you for, throughout that. Whereas the lower intensity exercise, you, you're okay. If you're in fat burn before, um, that's okay. You know, it's, you're much more likely to be tapping into your fat stores during a, a low intensity workout. But for the high intensity ones, you know, if you aren't fat burn and you don't have enough glycogen, then you can actually send your body into a stress response, and you can test this out uh, using your lumen. So a colleague of mine that I sit next to, we did it together, actually. We went to the gym and we did a 45-minute high-intensity interval training. Um, we did it in a fasted state. So we were both in fat burn. Uh, it was a great experiment. Uh, she, Me and her were in level two. Now, she remained in a level two after that exercise session. And great still in fat burn shows that she didn't need to fuel up for her. You know, she didn't, she didn't follow the recommendation that we usually give, which is fuel up so that you're at least a level three or above before that, that uh, medium intensity uh, exercise session. I was in a five, I think if I remember four or five, which showed that my body just, it was so stressed. I needed to have that banana or a couple of dates or some fast absorbing carbohydrate, healthy carbohydrate before. Um, so I actually went into a stress response. So my the, re the lumen recommendation to fuel up, I needed to do that. But it's nice because without the device and without seeing our results, I would never have known whether I needed that mm. banana or not before that session. And then, you know, on the flip side, you know, you could actually be maybe over-consuming um, calories or, or carbs before your exercise session. So maybe you didn't need that banana if you took it and you thought, oh, I need that energy. Maybe you were in a four or five. So it shows that you were, you had carbs already. You had glycogen in your system for that workout. And then you take a banana and then you're adding actually excess amount of carbs for that workout. So it's really helped again on that weight management journey that we're all on. And we all want to be in, at an you know, optimal weight, um, fuel our muscles. Again, it's it's super helpful to have that data before. Yeah, definitely. And also to be able to push appropriately hard in the workout, right? Yeah. Because we all want to get the maximum benefits out of the workout. Uh, and yeah, you might be able to lift a bit bit, bit heavier. Yeah. You might be able to go a bit faster on your sprints and things is what I've found. But it's, what's interesting there, I guess, is had you done it multiple times and tracked your cycle, you may have found variances between you as well, depending on what stage of the menstrual cycle you were in, and then you could fuel appropriately. So I think that's why I think this very much is a 
a long-term goal, right? And I know that um, when the, the, the device is sold, I think it's generally six and 12 months, isn't it, intervals, so that people can really start to get to know their bodies quite intimately and understand it through different menstrual cycles, et cetera. Um, last question before we open it up to the audience and take some questions, uh, just around hormones. Um, mm. So there are variances, right? We see improved insulin sensitivity generally sort of at the beginning of the month. Um, I know that on your blog, for example, you talk about a switch over in fuel in and around um, ovulation uh, time uh, and then and, and how we might. Can you just sort of broadly describe that for people and then we can open up some questions? Yeah, so we, we have our research team here that uh, have been busy looking at the measurements um, in every week of the, the monthly cycle from week one to four and seeing the trends there from uh, the millions of metabolic measurements that we have. Um, but with ovulation, for example, now again, you know, every woman is unique, right? And it's not, you know, we, we see, um, you know, slight variance among the data, but the general trend is that during ov ovulation, um, women are much less likely to hit fat burn. Um, and are in more more of a carbon state during those two or three days around ovulation, and and basically it, it kind of makes sense when you think about it because this is the the time when the egg is released, um, and it's you know it's you know fertilizations you know creating life for example is around this time so you know the body needs to do everything it can to kind of protect itself and that is you know holding onto the fat stores tapping into carb stores a bit more. Um, so that makes sense from a sort of evolutionary perspective. Um, with, yeah, the, the, some some weeks, because our, our estrogen is higher in certain days, we will see the insulin sensitivity increase, right? But on the days where our, our estrogen lowers, we're going to see, you know, less insulin sensitivity. And that is quite helpful for women to to understand and, and appreciate and then throw in the lumen and, and the metabolic measurements around that is, you know, if you are a woman, you know, and okay, it's your, it's your day of ovulation, you understand that you might not be reaching fat burn you know, in the morning and you see that data. Um, it's almost like kind of reminding yourself, okay, it's okay, I'm not in fat burn this morning because this is the time of month I'm, I'm unlikely to be in. But it, then you get these insights on the app as well. So you get insights around movement, around sleep. We've got a menopause insights as well. And we've also got a menstrual cycle tracker as well. So we've kind of connected the dots for women using the Lumen where it will track, you know, your cycle. And then it gives you insights related to that week that you're in um, and includes, you know, information about the hormones that are increasing or decreasing it. How does that impact your metabolism and how does that impact, you know, your fat burn potential and understanding that um, it's, it's great. It really it empowers you as a woman, you know, trying to take charge of your health and trying to eat, you know, for your body, for your metabolism. And, and again, supporting your hormones at the same time, mm. like this is really important. And so many crash diets that I've seen so many of my friends go on, and I just think, oh, gosh, you know, you're just destroying your hormones. You know what? You know, it's just not long. It's not sustainable. So that's really great feature on the app. And that came out a couple of years ago, the menstrual cycle track. And I'm so happy they did that, um, the team. So, yeah. So feel free to, you know, track your cycle. If you are someone listening and you've got your lumen and it's, it's really nice to get those insights. I guess people's um, like nervousness here is they don't want their met flex score to go down. Right. <laughs> we always end up like competing with ourselves and it's like, Oh no. And that, that's something actually that came up. That reminds me one question I had from someone is they've observed that if they kind of step away from the app for a period of time, they sort of lose some of their metabolic flexibility, momentum, can we clarify that? How is that metabolic flexibility score working? I know everyone's keen to get a high score, right? It's almost like a, we all want A's in our, in our exams. Yeah, so uh, it's funny. Yeah, it's, uh, so it's a flex score that you, that's updated every Monday. And, and it's a score that, you know, helps you see your progress towards becoming metabolically flex, flexible. And as a reminder, that is, you know, creating this body that is, you know, efficient at tapping into fat stores and using carb uh, stores when available and switching between the two. So your your flex score goes up as you become more metabolically flexible. And we have seen actually 
um, a trend between the, the, the Lumen customers who follow their macro recommendations do reach a higher level or high flex score sooner. So we do see that correlation. Now, people, I, mean, I see it on the Facebook community where people are just like, oh, no, it's, it's, got, it's lowered this <laughs> week. I can't believe it. And I think it's, it's just good to, again, a good reminder, like life's not perfect. Every day is different. There are going to be challenges thrown at us, maybe a new job, maybe a relocation. The kid's sick. The dog was sick the whole night and kept me up. Like there, there is always something happening that maybe is not going, you know, right uh, in our life. And that's going to impact maybe the way we eat, the way we sleep. And it's okay because tomorrow is a new day. And, you know, you can get back on track. So the flex score, I think it just helps people stay accountable. I think, and I think that actually the whole concept of biohacking tools that we've got out there now, it is, they're all helping you stay accountable as an individual. You see the data, you see the impact of your decisions that you've made that day. And maybe some of those decisions weren't great, but it just helps you understand, okay, that's what's happened. Let's, let's keep going. I love that. I love that you brought it back to normal life because that's that's the reality, right? And every day is changing. Yeah, amazing. Mia, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing all these insights. I know that I've learned a ton, even as someone who loves the device and uses it, you've shared so much knowledge. Where can people find out more about Lumen, connect with, with you, with the company? Uh, I know you're pretty active on socials as well. And I think we also have a special discount for listeners that you can share too. Well, first of all, thank you very much for having me on. I I just get so excited to be able to talk about this device. And you can learn much more about it if you go onto our website, lumen.me. And that's where you can also purchase one. You can also find us on Facebook and on Instagram as well. But all the links are on our website, so lumen.me. And yeah, Angela has a very special discount for her listeners. Yep, I do. It is Angela90, which is an exclusive discount to those listening. We will also put it in the top link in the show notes so you can find it there with a link to Lumen and everything we've talked about today. Thank you so much again, Mia. This has been fun. Thank you. Thank you. I hope today's episode inspired you on your journey to vibrant health and high performance. Make sure you check out the show notes for a summary of all the important links to everything we talked about. And if you enjoyed this episode, hit the follow button and share it with a friend on social media or leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. Remember, achieving high performance health is about getting 1% better each day. So think about one thing you learned from today's episode and start implementing it today. Share with me what you've learned on social media over at Angela S. Foster. I love hearing from you and connecting with you. Have a beautiful day and always remember you are worthy of your dreams. Mm -hmm.